0: You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain TV. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. You are listening to Pain TV slash Gold, and this is the dusting gold standard all right folks let's just hop over here to wikipedia quick and just take a look at the history of eugenics this is fairly accurate so i'm going to go through here just to give you a quick understanding for those of you who don't really uh, know what eugenics is i'm sure you've all heard about it but let's do this because we're going to go deep into a research paper i found from 2005 that goes into the history of eugenics going back to the late 1800s but i want you to understand this beforehand it says eugenics from ancient greek you meaning good or well and uh genic meaning genes come into being growing okay so this is good genes is a fringe set of beliefs and practices that aim to improve the genetic quality of a human population. Now, look right there. It says it's a fringe set of beliefs. Well, we can look today at the rise in in vitro. All these designer babies basically pick your embryo. Have the bad parts of the genes cut out and good parts of the genes inserted? Now, we've talked about that here in depth on the Dustin Gold Standard with the company, company Orchid Biosciences, whose CEO stems out of Peter Thiel, uh, the billionaire owner of Palantir, funded by the CIA through in Money, their venture capital firm. And one of the biggest investors in Orchid Biosciences is the woman who is the head of 23andMe, whose husband is Sergey Brin from Google. So, 23andMe collects all this DNA, and now all of a sudden, Orchid Biosciences has access to good DNA that they can splice into other DNA to replace bad DNA. I mean, this is Eugenic. So is it fringe? No, it's pretty damn trendy right now, folks. The whole synthetic womb movement, the transhumanist movement, Elon Musk with the Neuralink brain chip, our military doing these experiments. We covered that through Dr. Charles Morgan III, Dr. James Giordano. Dr. Diane D'Ulius, Dr. Peter Emanuel with the Cyborg Soldier 2050 program. So they sit here and say it's a fringe set of beliefs. It's not fringe at all. I mean, it may be distasteful and unethical to people like you and me, but at the end of the day, it's not fringe. The most powerful people in the world are behind this. I mean, what do you call all of this life extension stuff that Peter Thiel's working on with his company Ambrosia, where they inject young people's blood into old people and their they're working on immortality and life extension and everything else. It all ties in to eugenics and to good genes, right? so first they want to repair their bad genes but eventually they'd like to beam their mind that they're going to upload into the cloud via the brain chip all real stuff folks if you don't believe me go back to episode one and listen to the very beginning of the dust and gold standard and they want to beam those down into new biological bodies or non-biological iron man suits literally swarms of nanobots like bees come together and form an iron man suit well if they beam them into a new biological body what do you you think that's going to be it's going to be some superhuman body some superhuman baby or something they build in a synthetic room and they're going to upload their mind their physical body will die but then they'll beam their mind down into these babies these are high level people people like Peter Thiel giant government contractor people like Elon Musk like Ray Kurzweil the chief engineer at Google people like Dennis Bushnell the chief scientist at NASA now these are mainstream folks All right, it goes on to say, historically, eugenicists have attempted to alter human gene pools by excluding people in groups judged to be inferior or promoting those judged to be superior. In recent years, the term has seen a revival in bioethical discussions on the usage of new technologies such as CRISPR and genetic screening with a heated debate on whether these technologies should be called eugenics or not, right? So there you go, CRISPR-Cas9, genetic screening. That's like the in vitro stuff we're talking about with the embryos. So they call it a fringe set of beliefs when it's not fringe at all because the world governments are behind the funding of CRISPR. The world governments are behind the genetic screening. So... There's a debate on whether or not it should be called eugenics. Yeah, because the people in charge of it don't want it tied to the term eugenics. They want it called something else, like designer babies or CRISPR. goes on to say the concept predates the term. Plato suggested applying the principles of selective breeding to humans around 400 B.C. Early advocates of eugenics in the 19th century regarded it as a way of improving groups of people. In contemporary usage, the term eugenics is closely associated with scientific racism. And we're going to get into that. Modern bioethicists who advocate... New eugenics characterize it as a way of enhancing individual traits regardless of group membership, right? So instead of now breeding humans like dogs, they are now just going to go in and modify all humans to the vision, to the likeness that the Frankenstein doctor deems to be. Perfection, But don't worry, this is just enhancing of individual traits. Don't worry, folks, that's all it is, just enhancing of individual traits. Goes on, while eugenic principles have been practiced as early as ancient Greece, the contemporary history of eugenics began in the late 19th century when a popular eugenics movement emerged in the United Kingdom and then spread to many countries, including the United States, Canada, Australia, and most European countries. And we're going to get into that. In this period, people uh, from across the political spectrum espoused eugenic ideas. Consequently, many countries adopted eugenic policies intended to improve the quality of their population's genetic stock. Such programs included both positive measures such as encouraging individuals deemed particularly fit to reproduce and negative measures such as marriage prohibitions and forced sterilization of people deemed unfit for reproduction. Those deemed unfit to reproduce often included people with mental or physical disabilities, people who scored in the low ranges on different IQ tests, criminals and deviants, and members of disfavored minority groups. Now. The thing is, folks, a lot of people don't realize that this was going on in the history of our country. All right. You didn't really learn this in school. I don't remember learning it in school. All right, I'm 41 years old, so I went to kindergarten what 1986, graduated in 1999 from high school. I don't remember learning about this, but this was going on in our beloved country, folks. It was mainstream sterilization and eugenics. Now, you could sit there and listen to this show, and I'm always willing to have a very nuanced discussion on all of these topics, and you could say to me, Because I don't like to look at this through politics. I like to look at this stuff through how I'm going to avoid it. You know, I I don't believe it's ethical, but I don't think we're going to win any sort of ethical battle against this. But you could sit there and say to me, well, this is a good thing, right? So our country should only breed really smart people, and we should put an end to everyone else. Here's the issue with that line of thinking. It's like people that tell you, who cares if the government is spying on my... Internet search. Who cares if the government is spying on my phone calls? Who cares if the government has drones flying over my backyard? Who cares if the government has facial recognition software everywhere? Who cares if the government pulls people over and harasses them for no good reason? Who cares if the government comes in and searches my house without a warrant? Because I'm not doing anything wrong. Okay, you're not doing anything wrong in the eyes of whoever you deem to be in charge of the government at that time so if you were someone who liked President Trump and he was searching people's homes illegally, you might say, Well, I don't care. I'm not doing anything wrong. I have my MAGA hat on. If you were someone on the left who loved Barack Obama, you'd be saying the same thing if Obama was searching people's homes. You'd say, Well, I don't care. I have nothing to hide. All right. So look at it in the case of eugenics. You may be sitting at home. You're a guy who goes to the gym. You work out all the time. You think you're big. You think you're strong. You think everyone should be like you. And we happen to have, I don't know, President Arnold Schwarzenegger. And you say, well, he's a fit guy. He understands where I'm coming from. He wants to push eugenics. So that's fine because I'm going to be allowed to breed. And the little pipsqueak next door, they're going to drag him out of his house and kill him. Okay, that's all fine and dandy until a little pipsqueak like a Dr. Anthony Fauci becomes the president and decides his idea of the fit are people like him. A little pipsqueak that he believes is genius and all the muscle heads, all the strong guys, they're nothing. They're just slaves. We don't need them anymore because we replace them with robots. And so they decide to kill you you see how that works folks so once you allow this type of practice to be put into place you're a target when you no longer fit whoever is in charge of that policy so you think it's all fine and dandy you're a white guy who says so what breed the blacks out breed the hispanics out breed the asians out until there's an asian or a black gentleman or a hispanic in charge who says breed whitey out and now you're screwed you see how this works so you cheer something like this on and you end up in a situation where now you become the target so you need to start thinking in terms of humanity and not in terms of just yourself and your identity because once you allow this stuff to be rolled out it is unstoppable All right, it goes on to say the eugenics movement became associated with Nazi Germany and the Holocaust when the defense of many of the defendants at the Nuremberg trials of 1945 to 1946 attempted to justify their human rights abuses by claiming there was little difference between Nazi eugenics programs and the U.S. eugenics programs. They were correct, by the way. In the decades following World War Two, with more emphasis on human rights, many countries began to abandon eugenics policies. Although some Western countries, United States, Canada, and Sweden among them, continued to carry out forced sterilizations. So just like I showed you, that the United States brought over 1,500 Nazi doctors and madmen scientists here to the United States after World War II under Operation Paperclip. We used some of them to train CIA chemist Cindy Gottlieb, who was in charge of the MK Ultra mind-control torture experiments, a guy who was allowed to kill people, a guy who was allowed to lie and get people doped up on LSD, psychedelic mushrooms and such. Right now, we wanted to claim we somehow had the moral high ground when we were doing exactly what our so-called enemy was doing. Well, look at this. They uh, tell these guys, well, you were trying to run a superhuman program. Meanwhile, here in the United States, we're running Cyborg Soldier. We're literally strapping biotic arms onto men, uh, putting uh, eagle eyes uh, in place of their regular eyes, doing all types of Nazi Frankenstein experiments, everything connected to eugenics. But why should we be surprised when our country has been involved with this stuff uh, since the beginning of time, really, folks? So the question, really, you have to ask, ask yourself is, do you agree with this? Do you agree with transhumanism? If you sit here and you are repulsed by this idea of Elon Musk drilling out the back of your child's skull and putting a brain chip in there, you have to be disgusted with this entire system. And so we have to call out for all of this stuff to end. I mean, you could sit here and have a conversation all day long about where you draw the ethical line. It's something that I think about. But it's very difficult to have that discussion and win the argument because as soon as you give these people an inch... They take a mile, folks. You know that to be true. So if they're going to go to the extreme of DNA splicing and putting brain chips inside of people and beaming up their consciousness to the cloud and creating children using CRISPR-Cas9 and growing them in synthetic wombs, you have to take... The most opposite stance on that, the most extreme opposite, which is none of this at all, it all has to end. So you need to be able to debate this stuff with your friends and family. At the very least, you need to be aware of the fact that this stuff is here. It is here, it's alive and well, and you have to raise your kids and grandkids to stay away from it to not fall trapped to this stuff, because if you allow the state to genetically modify them or hook them up to a brain chip, they will be a slave to the state forever. And who knows? They may think they're going to have their individual traits enhanced when, in fact, the state already deemed them to be unfit to live, and the state just kills them. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to kill myself for 30 seconds. I'm going to a short commercial break. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on TV slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on TV. Join the discussion at TV slash gold.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
0: pain.tv all right ladies and gentlemen we are back from the break my name is dustin gold you are listening to pain.tv slash gold and this is the dustin gold standard all right folks let's jump right back into this it says since the 1980s and 1990s with new assisted reproductive technology procedures available such as gestational Uh, surrogacy available since 1985 pre-implantation genetic diagnosis available since 1989 and cytoplasmic transfer first performed in 1996 concern has grown about the possible revival of a more potent form of eugenics after decades of promoting human rights now as you can see what did the article start off saying folks that this uh, idea was a fringe set of beliefs eugenics Well, it's not so fringe, it's not so fringe, and it did not die after World War II, and end up in the grave with Adolf Hitler, because in the 80s and 90s, we were already beginning to mainstream uh, eugenic technologies, folks, already, so it never ended, and we can prove that as well. Goes on to say a criticism of eugenics policies is that, regardless of whether negative or positive pol- uh, policies are used, they are susceptible to abuse because the genetic selection criteria are determined by whichever group has political power at the time. There you go. That's a 100% true. You can't argue with that. Furthermore, many criticize negative eugenics in particular as a violation of basic human rights, seen since 1968's proclamation of. Of Tehran is including the right to reproduce. Another criticism is that eugenics policies eventually lead to a loss of genetic diversity, thereby resulting in inbreeding depression due to a loss of genetic variation. Yeah, everyone will run around uh, as inbred little uh, hillbillies. It'll be fantastic, folks. It'll be like the royal family everywhere. Yet another criticism of contemporary eugenics policies is that they propose to permanently and artificially disrupt millions of years of human evolution. And that attempting to create genetic lines clean of disorders can have far-reaching ancillary downstream effects in the genetic ecology including negative effects on immunity and on species resilience see this is what happens this is what happens when madmen want to play god and i've showed you here Uh, On this program, Dennis Bushnell, chief scientist at NASA in 2018, speaking at the FIRE Future and Review Conference, and he said, we've entered this era of the human evolution of humans. Elon Musk also talks about this. Peter Thiel has mentioned it. And so these guys want to play God. They want to grab hold of the evolution of humanity, and they believe that they can change the very course of humanity. And look what? There are uh, critics are saying is that you could end up with issues with immunity, uh, species resilience, starts to create all types of problems when humans want to play God. All right. So on the Wikipedia article, if you want to go through this, just to get a basic idea, you can go through the history. Uh, I'm going to do a little of that shortly. And then it goes into eugenics in the United States. Let me read this uh, part. Uh, to you first. Uh, where is it? These laws were part of a broader policy of racial segregation in the United States to minimize contact between people of different ethnicities. Race laws and practices in the United States were explicitly used as models by the Nazi regime when it developed the Nuremberg Laws, stripping Jewish citizens of their citizenship. So this goes into history eugenics in the United States. It goes into Nazism and the decline of eugenics, which is not true that's basically just part of the official narrative they rebranded it in modern times as transhumanism it gets into modern eugenics uh, meanings and types controversy over scientific and moral legitimacy. Uh, A lot of different stuff on this Wikipedia page. So if you're really interested in just getting a basic understanding of eugenics, I would suggest flipping through this. Now, I'm going to go a little bit through the origin and the development of eugenics here on the history, and then we're going to get into this paper, which I have up on the screen for the video audience at pain.tv slash gold. This is Journal of Economic Perspectives, Volume 19, number 4, Fall of 2005. Pages 207 to 224. Retrospectives, Eugenics and Economics in the Progressive Era by Thomas C. Leonard. Because this ties in the gentlemen that were friends with uh, or inspired Rexford Tugwell, Scott Nearing, and Simon Patton. Both of which were highly influential inside the eugenics movement at the same time the technocracy was growing. But it says here, types of eugenic practices have existed for millennia. Some indigenous people of Brazil are known to have practiced infanticide against children born with physical abnormalities since pre-colonial times. In ancient Greece, the philosopher Plato suggested selective mating to produce a guardian class. In Sparta, every Spartan child was inspected by the Council of Elders, the Gerugia, which determined if the child was fit to live or not. The geographer Strabo states that the uh, Seminites would take 10 virgin women and 10 young men who were considered to be the best representation of their sex and mate them. Following this, the best women would be given to the best male, then the second best woman to the second best male. It is possible that the best men and women were chosen based on athletic capabilities. This would continue until all 20 people had been assigned to one another. If the people involved dishonor themselves, they would have been removed and forcibly separated from their partner. See, the same madmen throughout history uh, are the same madmen that are alive today. It's always the madmen that rise to the top. I've said this before on the show, people that want power will rise into positions of power. People that respect individualism and do not want power amongst uh, over others will not rise to positions of power, and this is why you always have some crazy lady running the homeowners association who goes around the neighborhood knocking on your door, telling you that you can't have your flowers planted within three inches of the curb, because there are psychos out there who love to have power. These are the Kens and the Karens and the types like that. They were alive all throughout history. People say, "Well, why can't we win?" Why can't we control? Because the people that are good-natured people that don't want power over other people don't run for political office and don't seek out positions of power, all right? CEOs are people that want positions of power. They tend to be corrupt and scumbags, right? Well, some guy who works in the company that just likes doing his job, he might make a good CEO, but he doesn't want that job because he doesn't want power over other people. See, it's the same whack jobs who rise to these positions. Imagine your job walking down a line and picking out 20 young men and 20 young women and then matching them up and forcing them to have sex and breed with each other. I mean, that's real you can see that's what they're doing today when they have a scientist who takes out a tray and allows you to pick through the embryo that you want and he tells you which one has certain traits what's the difference folks there's no difference goes on to say in the early years of the roman republic a roman father was obliged by law to immediately kill his child if they were dreadfully deformed according to tacitus a roman of the imperial period the germanic tribes of his they killed any member of their community they deemed cowardly, unwarlike, or stained with uh, abominable vices, usually by drowning them in swamps. Modern historians, however, see Tacitus' ethnographic writing as unreliable in such details. I've read some of that, though. It's questionable. Nobody really knows if it's true. It goes on to say, the idea of a modern project for improving the human population through selective breeding was originally developed by Francis Galton and was initially inspired by Darwinism and its theory of natural selection. Galton had read his half-cousin Charles Darwin's theory of evolution, which sought to explain the development of plant and animal species and desired to apply it to humans based on his biological studies. Galton believed that desirable human qualities were hereditary traits. Although Darwin strongly disagreed with this elaboration of his theory in 1883, one year after Darwin's death, Galton gave his research a name eugenics. Okay. That came from 1883 with the introduction of genetics Eugenics became associated with genetic determinism, the belief that human character is entirely or in the majority caused by genes, unaffected by education or living conditions. Many of the early geneticists were not Darwinians, and evolution theory was not needed for eugenic policies based on genetic determinism. Throughout its recent history, eugenics has remained controversial. Now, think about this, folks. So this quack, Francis Galton, Okay, I'm looking at a picture of I him. Mean, he's got a bald head with big mutton chops. This guy probably should have been weeded out of the gene pool. All right, he probably should have started with himself, drowned himself in a swamp somewhere, because he obviously is some sort of a weird swamp creature. But think about it. This guy deems himself God. And so instead of allowing natural selection to take place, he is going to be the one who controls natural selection. So it wouldn't be called natural selection. It would be called Galton selection. And he gets to walk around and pick and choose which humans get to live. This is the mentality of these people. It's like Elon Musk saying, if you don't put a brain chip in your head, you're going to go extinct. I mean, think about the nerve of these people to believe that they get to play God. Now, the only thing... Uh, in which uh, they're right on is natural selection is if we the people don't rise up against the people like them and they choose us to go to the Auschwitz concentration camp and load us into the gas chamber and we just stand there with our head in the sand as they push us into the cattle car and we go there and allow ourselves to be cooked because we didn't stand up to fight back that maybe we deserved it because we didn't say anything about it and that. That's why people like Bill Gates, Jeff Bezos... Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk, Peter Thiel, and the rest of this creepy gang laugh at us, folks, because they push us around under the live-action role-play of COVID Land the High School Theater production, and we just let them do it. They poke us in our chest. They tell us to get in line, stay six feet away, get behind the plexiglass, put on your mask, get your jab, get your booster, and we gladly do it. No questions asked. We just line up and do what these people tell us. They laugh at us, folks. And this is what's going on. You're looking at the history here. Literally walking down a line and picking out boys and girls and deciding who's going to make, where's the parents? Where are the people standing up against this? That these people walk around with their kings crowns on and their robes and they decide who lives or dies these are humans they bleed as well folks and they know this and this is why they want to control everything because they know at some point we mere mortal humans might actually grow some balls and rise up against them i'll be right back this is dust and gold with the dust and gold standard right here on pain.tv slash gold